Okay, so this is uh, Daily Cyber number 236. Uh, the first kind of episode that we started today uh, had a little bit of technical difficulties, but I think we're back up and going right now. Uh, the microphone wasn't being recognized, but you, all of us in the uh, IT and cybersecurity field, we all know this. We run into these issues, so uh, a lot of great things that are going on right now. Uh, in the cybersecurity field, as well as uh, some changes are happening in the industry right now. So uh, today's daily side, we're going to be talking about just everything that's going on right now when it comes to cybersecurity, what's happening with business, uh, and just really kind of get connected with you guys to see how you guys are doing. So grab a coffee, grab a tea, and let's hack at it. I'd like to thank our sponsor for this episode, USADO. USADO is a Canadian-based cybersecurity company that provides 24-7 cybersecurity support and compliance service that align their customers' tolerance for risk, their clients, suppliers, and government contractual mandates. USADO's teams focus on using insights to drive business decisions. There's no need to leave strategies to chance when insights can be used to show what changes need to be made and how to make them. USADO offers multiple services to help companies simplify IT, centralize cybersecurity management, and meet compliance standards. USADO can customize their service to work with your existing IT network and programs. For more information, contact USADO at info at uzado.com or visit their website at www.uzado.com. Hey guys, I uh, hope you guys are having a great Monday. Uh, I know there's a lot going on in the industry right now, especially when it comes to business, business continuity, and just a lot of changes that are happening right now. Uh, it's really kind of an interesting time that we have right now when it comes to cybersecurity and business, how businesses are kind of working right now with technology. I know in the first, uh, I would say probably three months of the pandemic, I was hearing a lot of companies that were going through massive changes so quickly. Uh, implementing remote users and making sure that they're up and going. They can have access to all the resources and data and applications they need access to as well as business process. And then from there, uh, maintaining the business, making sure everything's working, supply chain management, inventory, um, just trying to think of all, all the other things, um, clients, relationships, you name it. And then after that kind of window, now it's kind of looking at, you now what to do? Like, what are we doing right now? Are we growing? Are we kind of maintaining? So a lot of companies that, you know, and sad to see, you know, some companies were really truly affected and, you know, went under. And I found this was more of the small, small to mid-sized companies that, you know, it just took a massive hit. I mean, hospitality industry took a massive hit to this uh, through this pandemic. Uh, you have restaurants, kind of th those kind of types of companies, and uh, it was just really sad to see. And then you have other companies that have been flourishing and then just been so busy uh, through the, the pandemic. And it's good to see right now, especially Ontario, what I'm seeing right now is companies are starting to get back up and going. There's a lot of you know things that are happening right now. Companies are starting to see growth. Uh, from all different areas. I know restaurants right now are starting to have more people showing up. I know they have to go through the different protocols of, you know, social distancing, you know, making reservations, kind of doing that. But at least now things are getting back to some sort of normalcy. And then hopefully, you know, over the next, you know, 60 days, 90 days, even six months, we get back into the flow of things. Now, I know in Ontario right now, they are talking about 
Uh, there's been an increase in numbers from the pandemic, uh, from COVID-19. And I think the last numbers I saw were in the 400s. And some things are starting to kind of be shut down in the sense of more of the, the community of gathering. You know, we no massive groups right now. Try to, you know, cut that down and be able to go like, I think it's 10 uh, 10, uh, 10 people are supposed to be being commuted in a, any sort of area. If it's a party event, whatever that may be, if there's more than 10, there's potentially fine. So something to be kind of mindful. And I think the government's doing their best to try to con control the, the spread and the, uh, the outbreach uh, or the outbreak of the pandemic, especially when we get to cold and flu se seasons that's coming. So really trying to take care of ourselves. Now I'd love to hear now, depending on where you are, uh, if you're on LinkedIn, if you're on Twitter, uh, go over to YouTube. Uh, the the link is youtube.com forward slash KNSS Consulting. we got a chat that's there is live right now. I'd uh, love to hear any comments, anything that you're dealing with right now when it comes to the pandemic. Um, like I said, I'm just kind of sharing right now what I'm seeing uh, through the pandemic and what's going on. Um, a lot of changes, a lot of changes are going on, a lot of innovation too when it comes to you know, cloud security. I've heard a lot of companies that have migrated or were in maybe a hybrid situation and have gone completely cloud solution. There was companies that I've talked to that, you know, thankfully they were already in the process of looking at remote users, looking at remote solutions, kind of looking at all that different areas. And then what happened is as the pandemic hit, they were really already set up and it was just kind of making sure that they tested it and, you know, had their support systems in place to be able to maintain it as they go. Now, some people had to scale and expand, but that was good. Now, there's other companies that I've talked to that literally had to make changes overnight. It was kind of this instant, like, oh, my God, like, what do we do? Like, we need to implement a cloud solution VPN. We need to have cybersecurity awareness training. We need to make sure that everyone is up and going, uh, make sure that our systems and our processes are all up to date now because now everything has changed. So a lot of changes right now. I'm um, starting to see more companies right now doing uh, cybersecurity assessments, gap assessments right now, trying to figure out what exactly is the gap from where they started from the pandemic until wh where they are right now. So kind of really evaluating and then having an internal team do it and then having an external team doing it. Uh, there's pros and cons for both. Uh, I think, you know, having an external team, especially if you have compliance or you have any kind of mandate or you have influence from outside vendors that want to see validation. Sometimes it's better to get from a third party to validate your secure. Other ones that, you know, you just want to do an internal test just to make sure nothing was missed. It's great to have your internal team do it. Um, and the one challenge, I'm just kind of talking out loud here, that if you have your internal team doing it and the ones that set it up, uh, sometimes there could be things that have been missed. And it's not because they're negligent and they're making mistakes. It could be they're just so busy. Right. And they're trying to get everything done. They're 20, 30 projects deep right now. So they're just trying to rush through it, uh, having an external team that that's their focus and only focus is to check and validate everything secure. They'll take more time. They'll do their due diligence and maybe, maybe catch something that might have been missed. So just different areas, you know, to think about when it comes to uh, cybersecurity awareness uh, or sorry, assessments and maybe be able to get that done. Uh, compliance. Uh, seeing a lot of uh, conversations around compliance right now, uh, especially we're coming up, you know, it's September right now, end of year. Uh, some companies are go getting ready or preparing for an audit, right? And especially through the pandemic, a lot of things have changed. So they want to make sure 
that they're meeting all their compliance, if it's their policies, their procedures, their documentation, uh, any of their technologies that need to be um, checked uh, for updating, patching, uh, logs, event logs, anything along that line. Uh, other thing that's coming out right now, I'm hearing more conversations around is uh, having managed SIM uh, solutions. More, more companies are now saying like, yeah, we need help you know, to manage kind of our events and what's going on internally with the company. Uh, our team was able to manage at a certain point, but as we've grown and expanded to cloud solutions, now we need to have, you know, an outside company to be able to help us because the scaling right now and having that team, having that 24-7 team to monitor everything is too much for certain companies to be able to manage and do that, especially uh, from what I'm hearing, companies that are not uh, cybersecurity focused in the sense of they don't have a security team internally, right? And trying to build that out and scale that out is a lot of work. I'm sure you guys know or have heard someone that's built out a SOC. It's a lot of work and a lot of management. Now, I haven't built one out myself personally, but through the conversations and things that I've been uh, discussing through clients and listening to my my boss talk about it and hearing because we, we, we have a SOC internally, the trials and tribulations, the struggles that he had to go through to build one out properly and make sure everything was going and then maintaining it having the right team in place, having the right people in place, making sure that the team is constantly being educated and, and evolving and then having uh, playbooks to make sure that they're doing things properly through alerts and managing and then escalations and all that. So it's a lot of work to manage your own SOC and, and maintain it. So hats off to anyone that's doing it and has done it successfully. But if you're looking to develop your own SOC and have questions you know comment below let me know uh wherever you may be like i said if you're on linkedin or if you're on youtube i'm kind of monitoring all the the channels right now so that's kind of what i've been hearing on my side of everything that's going on on the social media now some things i want to dive a little bit deeper into and i have conversations i'm mean, actually over the next probably two three weeks i'm reaching out right now to get some people on here to do some interviews i've had a few people uh but next week i have a colleague that uh, I've met online, they're going to have, I think it's on the 28th. Yeah, it's going to be the 28th. Uh, we're going to be talking about security and what he's seeing on the industry as well. I'll probably have Carl. I'm going to reach out to Carl. He's a VC, so have him out as well just to talk about the changes and things that he's seeing. So if you know anyone that you'd like to hear uh, from or you would like me to interview, let me know. Uh, reach out, you know, comment below. Uh, just because I think it's so important to be able to get different aspects, different opinions, different views on what's going on in the industry. Uh, so that's really kind of it for uh, my recap and what I'm working on. Oh, uh, to let you kind of know and give you some insight of kind of th things, their areas that I'm working on. First and foremost, I have a CISSP study group that uh, we're doing every Tuesday, uh, myself and, and Joel. It's on LinkedIn Live if you guys want to check that out. And we're really talking about, one, we're reviewing kind of our notes and what we're studying through uh, the CISSP. Uh, the next thing that we're doing is we're actually uh, talking about real-world situations. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we had uh, Garev, who's a cybersecurity lawyer. We had him on, and it was really important to kind of see his thoughts on what was happening in the industry, what was going on, how he was seeing, you know, the needs and the requirements of, of certain clients, especially on a legal standpoint. I think it's really important to have that discussion because there's so many, you know, different issues and different risk 
you know, people are taking into. And then you got so many different opinions. You've got your cybersecurity, you know, expert. You've maybe got a VC so or a CISO that's doing that. But then there's a question about like actual legalities, right? The legal standpoint. You know, what's the things that as a company, what do you need to know? So uh, speaking to Gaurav uh, about this was really interesting to see on a real security standpoint, legally, what companies should know and which companies should protect themselves. I think it was really important to have that conversation. It was great to to hear his views and what he was thinking, too, because I, I find through my day to my day to day policies, governance, uh, compliance, a lot of experts, a lot of great people. But when it talks about legalities, you need to talk to a cybersecurity lawyer. You need to really have that conversation and say, look, you know, what are my risks right now? What do I have to know legally to protect not my, just myself, my business, my employees, you know, my clients, my suppliers? What are some things that I need to know in that area? And I think it's really important to have those conversations because, you know, talking to Greba, I was like thinking, oh, my God, like there's things that, you know, I would never even thought of to ask, which he was coming up and going, OK, yeah, these are the things you need to know. These are the things you need to cover and make sure that that information is there. It's valid. You have you have it covered in one area or maybe you have uh, transference uh, in the sense of you have insurance in place. Anything along the line to make sure that you're covered was so important. So I was like, OK, that's awesome to to have that insight from Grev and to be able to say, see and go, OK, that's how companies are protecting themselves. That's how what they're doing. So. Uh, very important to to reach out. If you don't have a cybersecurity lawyer, uh, let me know. Comment below. I can actually uh, get you in contact with Garev. He's a he's a great guy to have. You know, just a quick conversation with. He's very open to be able to do that. Um, I'm just trying to think that I've actually sent a few colleagues to him just to have the you know just a quick conversation just to see you know some areas that they need to protect themselves. Uh, just a second here. I'm actually going to bring up. And I was looking over today. Uh, let me jump over to another screen here. Uh, now, if you're listening to the podcast, I'm actually jumping over to uh, Feely, which is a, a website that I have for looking over some articles and just what's going on in the industry. And this is where I kind of get my news of things cybersecurity related. Uh, so I was looking at today and just looking at, you know, under attack. You know, I'm just going to bring this up here so you guys can see. Under attack, 2000 Magneto store hacked in uh, Mage Cart campaign. Now, something I was seeing like before when I was uh, working with another company was websites and websites that got compromised. Uh, I think one of the things that we have to look at is third-party developers, third-party applications. Uh, and when you get any type of website developed, you got to have it reviewed. You got to have it you know, assessed. Uh, I think it's so important. I'm looking at like even over the I'm trying to think over the last like two, three years as I've been, you know, in the cybersecurity field and talking about, you know, different, you know, compromises and attacks. One of like the, the mage cart attack was something that kept coming up in conversation about, you know, protecting, you know, their assets, protecting their, your, the e-commerce, their website, their applications online. And I was finding more and more companies had a base knowledge when it came to cybersecurity with their application. But then what happened was they didn't have a way to assess it right, and to go over it. And then look, you look at in the definition of mage card attacks, also called web skimming or e-skimming attacks. Attacks inject malicious JavaScript code on e-commerce websites after exploding the CMS uh, vulnerability. So I like I was saying that like third party 
uh, companies were doing some coding on on website. And I can't remember. I think it was Source Defense was the company that I was using to evaluate uh, certain websites. And you would see like layers deep. Like it'd be this company coded this, and then another company, and then another company. And when I gave that report to some of the some of the clients, they were like, "I actually never knew these two companies were under the main company that we hired." And it's like, yeah, these are the ones that you know helped and assisted with the code. And it could be a plugin, could be a widget, could be a customized application, whatever that may be. And when they went through it, they were like, "You know what? I never knew that." Now I have to go back and evaluate, so even do like a code review or have someone do like a pen test on it, just to make sure that the application can't be compromised. So I think it's really important that. You know, we all look at how to evaluate and assess, you know, our assets, be it our technical assets, be it, you know, our websites, our servers, our firewalls, our endpoint, whatever that may be, you want to make sure that you're protecting them. And I think that's something I really want to kind of hit home today is with all the change and everything that's going on with the pandemic, we've made a lot of changes very quick, especially e-commerce. So many companies have gone from, uh, retail in-store to e-commerce and the increase of sales through their website has been great, right? Because now clients are saying, you know what, I'm not going to go to the store. I'm, I'm, I'm worried about getting, you know, infected or, you know, you know, infected by the COVID-19 uh, virus. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to order from home through Amazon or the website that whatever I'm shopping through. So they're going to go in, fill out their order, credit card information and go through that. But again, those forms need to be tested. They need to be checked to make sure that someone can't compromise them. So something to think about. Uh, again, if you guys are watching this live, uh, comment through the chat. I'm watching uh, both chats right now. I'd uh, love to hear kind of what your thoughts are, what's going on in the industry for yourself, uh, if you're seeing anything different. Also, you know, just to share kind of what your experience is through COVID-19 and cybersecurity. Uh, so let's, let's see what else is going on. Uh, seeing that there was another article that I thought I saw data security it was something uh, give me a second here yeah there's mage current so that's one of the big ones and the other one oh printers so one of the the um, conversations I went through uh, and it was uh, at HP. I was uh, invited down to HP to be to be kind of one of the private, you know, cybersecurity. I'm not professionals. I'll call it in an event, and they were going to talk about their security on the printers and what they were doing, right? And more printers, you know, and kind of these type of devices, uh, devices, printers, copiers, uh, were having problems with security. Right? And I know they, uh, the printers for HP, they're having like these golden images now that, you know, if malware, anything that was installed in them, that they could reset. But these were access points that, you know, people were using to get into the network. So they're going through IoT devices, uh, printers, copiers, scanners, anything along that line. And they were easy access points because there's not much security and they weren't being monitored. Uh, I know uh, Vectra and Darktrace were talking about how they were monitoring these these assets, but again, when you're looking at these assets, you got to look at you know different le levels of security and making sure they're monitored. So I know this article, uh, more printers could mean security problems for homebound workers. Now, as we know, and this is why this article is kind of really prevalent in this day and age, is that most people now are using you know their home devices to print out any type of company corporate document that could be a contract. It could be 
um, IP information, could be some legal information, HR, whatever, uh, personal identifiable information. And so what you're seeing right now is they're using their home printers that might not have the security as the corporate one. And even the corporate one might be limited, but even now when you get home use, it's even, you know, it's less security. So the challenge now comes down to how can they lock that down? How can they secure that? And this article is talking about some of the challenges that are going through with home networks. And I'd love to hear your comment. And what do you guys think about the home security right now? Uh, what's going on with, you know, people uh, being employees from companies are now working from home. You know, what are some of the security threats that you're seeing? I know for myself, uh, you're looking at their Wi-Fi, looking at different access points. So you're looking at their Wi-Fi, looking at you know their devices, uh, Internet of Thing devices. So if that's lights, heating, uh, air conditioning, I'm trying to think, garage door, webcam, you know, all these different devices potentially, if they're not secured properly, they could be compromised. I know I've talked to certain people about you know setting up different VLANs. But some of the ISPs, and to be honest with you, their modems are like Swiss cheese. I remember talking to a pen tester, and he was saying that certain ISP modems, uh, you can reset remotely, and, and it would go back to the factory defaults, which uh, one of them he was talking about was the factory de default. They knew the generic password was like admin and min, right? Username and min, password and min, and they'd be able to get into that network by just you know forcing that modem to reset. So there's a lot of things that we have to look at to make secure. So some of the some of the recommendations I have is that one, you know, make sure that your data on your local devices are encrypted at rest and in motion. So you have a VPN that's in motion and that the data is being encrypted, but also locally on your device. Um, have antivirus, anti-malware, endpoint, you know, protection on all your devices. Uh, make sure that, you know, any guest devices are on a separate VLAN, right, on a separate network. So you can kind of separate them. I know some of them have, like, your main network and then a guest network. Uh, I would separate that, uh, especially when it comes down to, you know, the people that are working from home. If you have one or two people or more working from home, have that network separated. Uh, there's even more things you can do. If you speak to your IT team, there's probably more like uh, extensive security measures you can take. But those are some just kind of recommendations. And then being like cybersecurity aware, making sure you're not clicking on any links, any URLs, any applications that you shouldn't be. I know um, having some sort of secure password manager as well that you're using. Uh, I know there's LastPass. There's, uh, if you're on a Mac, there's Keychain. There's a whole bunch of ones that you can use to secure your passwords on uh, on your device and make sure that you have two-factor authentication and all the security measures. And that's, uh, to mention that, two-factor authentication. Make sure you have that set up on a lot of your applications too and authentication, especially on the company side and then any ap application that you're logging into uh, because if someone breaches your, your system, uh, hopefully, knock on wood, the two-factor authentication will limit them. It's not going to, you know, 100% stop them, but it'll limit them and be a deterrent for them to, to get in because now they need your device to be able to authenticate, right? Now there's different types of authenticate. I mean, there's the ones where you have your, um, the text you a uh, code. You have the authenticators uh, from Google. I'm just kind of pull this up right now. You have Google, Microsoft authenticators that generate codes ongoing. So those make it a little bit more difficult, 
right now. I know there's SIM swapping and things like that where people have compromised that way, but it, it, that's a lot more work for them to try to get in. So these levels of security that you put in place, hopefully knock on wood will help you to stay secure and limit or reduce the, the potential for you being compromised. Just trying to think if there's anything else on the home side. Uh, second or last I'd add into is home, uh, home education, not just for the employees, but expand that education across all different, uh, people in the, in the home. If it's grandma, grandfather, uh, sister, brother, you know, if you have young kids, you know, limit their, their exposure and access to certain, you know, devices. And the only reason why that is, is because if they click on something they shouldn't, and, and it might not be intentional, then if they do and the malware gets in the, into the network and goes through your, your work computer and then starts to get access, you're right now that point of, of entry. So you don't want to go through that of going, oh, well, you know, little, little Jimmy, little Jane clicked on something and I didn't really know. It's now time to be a little bit more proactive and look at security. You know, and I know it's hard. You know, people are talking about uh, working from home, kids are at home, uh, homeschooling. I know there's uh, talks here about kids are going on like a rotational schedule when it comes to school. So they're in class, you know, one or two days of the week and then they're home, you know, one or two days and it's rotational. So trying to control that access is, is challenging. It's not going to be easy. But again, you have to do your best to be secure and try to do that just because I think right now it's doing our due diligence and being proactive is going to help, you know, when it comes to security. So that's really it for today's podcast. I know I'm covering a lot of information pretty quickly, a lot going on when it comes to the cybersecurity industry. And I think that it's very important right now for us to kind of keep having this conversation and keep going over how things are going, what we need to look at, what we need to be aware of, because I think it's just, you know, it's essential, right, to keep going and just keep on top of it. And I think uh, for everyone that's looking at right now, uh, cybersecurity, it's essential to maintain the kind of ongoing discussion. Okay, so what do we need to look at now? What's going to happen? What are we, you know, what are we forecasting? What are we budgeting? Right, and I think it's just essential to constantly have that conversation. So that's it for today's uh, Daily Cyber. Uh, I didn't want to go too long. I know it's uh, going to be a little bit of a shorter one today. Uh, next week, I'm going to have a guest on. We're going to be talking about uh, what's going on in the industry for them. Uh, talk, answer any questions that you might have when it comes to cybersecurity and really just keep digging into the cybersecurity industry. So I just want to leave off there. Just don't forget, software is hackle, being connected is vulnerable. I'll see you next Daily Cyber. <laughs>